Good evening, everyone. This is your host, Mia, and welcome back to another episode of Chit Chat with Mia. Today, we will be talking about the Chris Watts case. Um, Of course, I'm still doing the O.J. Simpson case. I did tell you guys that I would have, you know, some cases going on here. So I'm not just boring you with just one particular case at a time. uh, Since we're breaking them down in parts that there are other cases that you can hear as well. I think this would just be a good idea to get the cases that I've already researched, already know a lot about into the realm and into the play and of course I'm gonna break this one down so I'm not gonna review letters from Christopher the book um, in any part of this only because I've heard a mixed bag of it and most of it I believe what was said was everything that we if you're familiar with the case we already know those of you who aren't familiar with the case, I'm going to give you just like a timeline breakdown in part one. Part two, we'll go over this second um, interview that he did, Chris Watts did in February of 2019. And then we'll review the book, My Daddy is a Hero, which I'm currently reading as well. So, We got some cases swirling, and we also have O.J. Simpson going on in there. So make sure you like this podcast, uh, subscribe to this podcast, um, anything that you can do so you're notified when new episodes are dropping, because I am dropping these episodes at least. I'm shooting for every day, if not every day, every other day. So let's just get right into it this one um is close to home for me Uh, some of you do know i live in denver Uh, this happened in frederick colorado which is about depending on where you live in denver maybe 30 minutes away um i'm a little bit closer than uh to frederick i would say than i am well i'm in the middle but i'm a little bit closer some of the events that took place happened in where I live so well that's given away a lot without saying a lot right Uh, so this case hits close to home I've followed it since day one Um, I am in a Denver mom group shout out to all my Denver moms in the Denver mom group Um, and as soon as the case broke um, I remember seeing the clip of Chris Watts on the news and all of the comments were already prosecuting the man saying he did it, look at his demeanor, look at his body language, look at what he's saying, Um, he doesn't seem concerned, he's guilty, he's guilty, and I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, this man, I I really didn't look into it further. Because I was kind of like, oh my gosh, and everybody just let the police do their job and it'll come out. And within a couple days, of course, it comes out that, you know, he did this. And I'll go over the timeline and everything. And what's sad is um, me and Shanann shared 
close to relatively around the same due date. So um, I was pregnant at the time and it was terrible to hear. So this case for me hits close to home. Um, Passing through Frederick gives me bad vibes. I don't know how people go up to that house and take pictures and do all that stuff. I could probably never do it. I get anxiety passing through the town. So, you know, it's definitely an eye-opener on who we think we know and who people really are. So let's get into it. Um, Miss Christopher Watts, um, on August 13th, Uh, Shanann Watts was reported, well not reported missing, but her friend Nicole Atkinson decided to do a wellness check. Uh, They just, Nicole Atkinson and Shanann just got off of a a business trip for Thrive Lavelle and that's what Shanann's job was. Uh, So they just got off this business trip uh, Nicole dropped Shanann off at 1.48 a.m. because of the planes being delayed and things of that nature. So they she didn't get home until 1.48 is what the uh, system, alarm system captured. So they... Nicole stated that, you know, Shanann wasn't feeling well on the trip. She wasn't eating. Uh, She had an appointment when she got back, which was August 13th, Monday, um, to make sure she was high-risk pregnancy due to autoimmune diseases and things like that. So she had an appointment. Nicole uh, told her that she would take her or let her know if she needs anything. And, of course, uh, Shanann was perceived as the type to immediately wake up, text everybody, uh, believe her girls wake up early, like 5, 5.30. So she was an early bird, uh, texting friends, posting on Facebook, her usual. However, on August 13th, no one heard from her. And... um, I'll get into what was shown on this surveillance camera, but it looks like Nicole Atkinson called the police around noon. Uh, She was reaching out to Chris all morning saying, hey, you know, nobody's heard from Shanann. What's going on? Her shoes are here and her car's here. And he's just saying, oh, she's at a play date. And... Nicole felt like that wasn't right, being a good friend, knowing the patterns of her friends, all of us have patterns. If you have a specific friend, I have a best friend, and I wake up calling her first thing in the morning. Um, So, you know, if if I don't call her within a certain time, she's gonna send me a message and say, hey, are you okay? Or she's gonna call me. Uh, we share each other's locations, so, you know, it's like she's going to know. So if you have one of those friends, and Shanann did, Nicole Atkinson, bless her, 
um, knew that something wasn't right. Her friend did not text her. Her friend didn't show up to her doctor's appointment. Nicole Atkinson went to just find out if she went to her doctor's appointment at nine o'clock, but she never showed up for that. Uh, the girls were, their car seats were still there. So, you know, and then Chris being so passive about everything and not to mention, Chris had a lot of activity um, going on with phone calls in between time before getting actually getting to the house. He was constantly, it seemed like, checking on co-workers to see where they were, to see what they were doing, kind of just checking to see if how long time his time frame of how long he has to do this um because i mean he didn't want anybody to pop up you already let someone know that you to be the one to go out there but if you already let a person know that you would go out there and check on everything then you're texting all these other people just to make sure that see where they are kind of to check to see if they're headed your way to see how much time you have to cover things up it was a lot that went into this that made me believe there's no way this man is just like, I was in a big rage. Because when you're in a big rage, you don't, you can't think about that kind of stuff. You absolutely would have got caught because you're raging. You're not thinking. You're not, ever, unless everything is already st strategically planned out, which some might say that's what happened. We'll never know the truth, right? Because I don't believe the man is capable of admitting to what he did fully, even though uh, in the February interview, they believe that he admitted the truth then. But I feel like the more that we hear about his name, the more that he's talked about, the more books that are put out, the more podcasts like myself that we're doing, He's going to constantly come back with little tidbits to basically F around with us and toy with us with what, because we all want to know how the hell can you kill your wife, your pregnant wife, and your children? And even if you take the mix out of your wife, excuse me, your children being out of it, still your wife, your unborn child, like, Nobody can wrap their head around that. The Nicole Kessinger part will be a part in on its own because that in itself I have my own opinion of. But the phone calls, um, it seems like, whew, sorry for the rant, but I'm just... This case gets me all flustered. <laughs> so it looks like at 527 on the surveillance, let's talk about the surveillance for a little bit. 527 on the surveillance camera um, at his neighbor's house reflected the time that Chris backed the truck into the garage and it was outside of surveillance view. Now those have speculated they saw footsteps um, that 
the footsteps could have been the girls, the footsteps could have been Nicole Kessinger, the footsteps could have been anybody at this point. I don't I don't really know what that theory consists of because I saw footsteps, but of course I, I don't I can't tell you who because it's out of view. So I mean, you're if you are the one of those people, I'd love to hear your opinion on who you actually think the footsteps are or if you even saw the footsteps. Um, at 545, it says Chris left for work. Uh, that's what the surveillance camera shows him leaving for work at 540, at 5:45 a.m. What's interesting is that Chris said, um, on one of the videos I was watching about body language and stuff, he said that he got an alert that his garage door was left open at 5.27 a.m. And at 5.27 a.m., according to the neighbor's surveillance camera, that's when he was backing his truck into the garage um, outside of the surveillance view of course so interesting that i picked that up i don't know if anybody else did it i would love to know if someone else picked that up because uh why 527 um out of all times and and then you, you just seen the tape about 527 you leaving so just an interesting tidbit definitely a red flag right there in in all the calls he made during the day from his coworkers, and then calling the kids school to let them know that they wouldn't be going to school even going so far as letting the woman uh know at the school the administration lady believe her name was shanann as well um that they're selling the house and they don't know what they're doing and she just was thrown back like okay like it was just random so that was weird um then him reaching out to the real estate agent and asking about putting the house up for sale um it sounds like they had talked about getting a small downsizing their home previously but never selling the home which chris later informed the real estate agent that he and Shanann were separating and getting a divorce and putting the house up for sale which she started drafting up paperwork and all of this is in between the time that he's getting text messages from Shanann's friends and Nicole about where is Shanann, what's going on, why isn't she answering the phone, and in between time he's handling business per se as far as going through to great lengths to call his kids out of school, text co-workers, hold conversations with this is like craziness behavior. Like I'm I'm not diagnosing anyone nor am I able to diagnose anybody, but it's like psychopath behavior. Like you can just breeze through these conversations and be so nonchalant and just <sighs> You're while still being at work, nonetheless. That's crazy to me. So 
He also went as far as to Google the Groupon and cancel the reservations for the Aspen trip that him and Shanann had planned out to work on their marriage. Meanwhile, in between time, ignoring his uh, mother-in-law's calls about his wife. <sighs> Excuse me. Ooh, that's just bizarre. So, <clears throat> I just can't believe it. I can't believe a, a father could do this <sighs> to his kids, his wife. He manually strangled his wife and rolled her up in a sheet, dragged her down the stairs, and put placed her dead body in a car in his truck on the floor bed. He then put his children, Bella and Cece, into the car alive with their deceased mother laying on the floor. He then drove 45 minutes as he states in a rage to Servi 319. He gets there and he buries Shanae and his unborn child, Nico. Then he grabs Cece. Bella watches. He smothers Cece with a blanket. This is in his February 19th interview. He carries her up to the oil tank that's filled with crude oil and dumps her in an eight-inch in diameter hole. Three-year-old Cece. He goes back down to the car where I can only imagine how terrified Bella was. Um, I don't like talking about children and passing away. This is hard for me as a mother. I could never imagine. So my heart is absolutely going out to the families who were victims of this heinous crime. Bella asked her father if what happened to Cece will happen to her. Of course, Chris Watts could not provide us with what he said, or if he said anything, and proceeded to smother Bella as she screamed, Daddy, no. I have no idea how a parent I see parents that harm their kids all the time. However, I have no idea how a parent can be so evil. Um, a man could be so evil. Uh, this is this is just a monstrous act. Chris Watts is now serving three life sentences plus 84 years 
in Wisconsin. He was moved December 3rd because of security reasons from Colorado to Wisconsin, where he's now in a special uh, unit. And it's, it's not justice for me. <laughs> Um, I don't agree with the death penalty, but I don't agree with protective custody for someone who did something so terrible either. But I guess this is the cards that were dealt, and this is what it is. Um, again, we'll be talking about the, the conversation that took place on February 12, 2019, six months after the murders. And we will review the book. I will link the book below as that is some of my resource. If you, I will also try to see if I can find the link for the Oxygen Network. Um, if nobody caught the Confessions of a Killer as that also is a resource. And I probably could link some other YouTube channels as well that I use for research as well because I have studied this case from the moment it happened all the way up until currently uh, the back and forth on YouTube between YouTubers, the drama, the theories, which I will get into some of my theories that I kind of do agree with. Um, some of you might not agree, but hey, you know, we're all entitled to our opinion. Do I think the man is innocent or am I defending him? <laughs> By no means, absolutely not. I he says that he hears daddy know every night and I wish that he could have daddy as my hero on repeat in his cell for the rest of his life until his ears bleed but hey wishful thinking probably not a good idea anyway right he doesn't deserve to hear that angelic voice um so let me know. Join in on the conversation. I know this was a hard one, and of course, I try to keep my opinions to myself, but man, that Chris Watts guy, who can definitely piss me off. Um, so, I look forward to speaking to you guys tomorrow, and we'll be back with some more true crime cases. I do have some questions that I'm going to end start ending with, I, so hopefully you guys can engage more. Uh, I thank all of you, again, who support the podcast, and stay tuned for part two of the Chris Watts case, part three of the OJ Simpson case, and I got some mindfulness of the misleading mind in writing down your soul coming to you guys next, so stay tuned and make sure you subscribe and like, and make sure you rate this podcast. I love you all, and thank you so much for listening.